So today we are looking at Genesis chapter 32. Um, and it, it occurred to me that if there's anything that I've learned from the pandemic binge watching, it is that I love liars. I must love liars because just about every show that I'm hooked on is about liars. Although we're a decade late to the party, my husband and I are now watching The Americans, which is the show about the two KGB sleeper agents who live in a really posh neighborhood in Falls Church, Virginia, posing as a normal American family with two teenagers. Then I wonder, how do they do it? Like they put a dead guy in the trunk while they're baking brownies for their neighbors. How do they keep up those lies? And who can forget Lady Olena? Tyrell, the lying granny from the Game of Thrones, or Reese Witherspoon and her crew of deceitful kindergarten mothers and big little lies. I love those folks. Ricky Gervais famously said, without lies, we would have no fiction. So face it, we're fascinated by liars. We want to see what they can get away with. Liars really just shake things up. It's fascinating to think about why people lie. You know, I'm not Sigmund Freud, but I would guess that we lie to make ourselves look better than we are or to get more than we deserve. We not only lie to others, but we lie to ourselves. Does your weight on your driver's license match your scale? Does your timesheet square with the hours actually worked? A few years before my mother died, we found out that she was actually four years older than she was on her birthday. She'd kept up that lie our whole lives. Well, it's hard to admit that you're a liar. We all are. We inflate, we stretch, we bend, we leave out bits, we add other bits, even when the truth would do. You know, in my family, we never just caught two fish, we actually caught maybe four. Someone didn't just frown at us. They were the rudest person ever. We only had one glass of wine. We only had two beers. There was too much traffic to make it in time. The dog ate our homework. This is truly the effect that the law has on us. We have to find a way to be better than we are, to be perceived as more than we are to conjure up the magic of a lovable and acceptable persona who is worthy of love. We're strivers who believe we have to lie in order to live in the style that we want to become accustomed to. We're not satisfied to be who we were made to be. You know, the Old Testament reading from today is about a lovable liar in Genesis 32 named Jacob. Reverend Dr. David Loos uses this story of Genesis 32 as one example of law and gospel of telling the truth twice. He says, God asked Jacob's name, and he says, Jacob. You know, the name Jacob is derived from the Hebrew word for heel, which is what Jacob was grabbing his brother's heel, pulling him back into the womb so he could be first. And it has the connotation of supplanting or cheating. And the name encompasses the truth of who and what Jacob has been, a supplanter, a cheater, a liar, one who has lied to his blind father and stole his brother's blessing, one who had to run for his life and go into exile, one who struggled for 20 years with his father-in-law Laban, 
deceiving and being deceived. That's the law, the hard truth of who Jacob was and is. So after being told by God to go back home and face his lies, Jacob finds himself sleeping on a sandbar in the Jabbok Wadi, a little creek, while he waits for his brother's army to arrive to exact revenge. Verse 32, 24 says, So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. The man, who we learn is God, wretches Jacob's hip out of socket, but Jacob will not let him go unless he is blessed. Jacob has wrestled with God and received grace as well as a limp. But when God gives Jacob a new name, Israel, and this is the truth of who Jacob is becoming, a new man, the father of a new nation, traces of the old Jacob will remain, but he is matured from the callow youth that he once was. The once self-centered youth will become the patriarch, the man who in his old age leads his family down into Egypt and blesses Pharaoh himself. This is the second truth, the gospel of the story. God gives Jacob a new name and a new identity, and he is changed forever. So Jacob's new identity as Israel means wrestles with God. It turns out that God loves liars too, because liars eventually become wrestlers. We liars are trying to escape from the truth that we are mere mortals, that we are not perfect or infallible, that we cannot run our own lives and that we are in deep need of God. We may have had a few moments when our will was done, but we will eventually lose the wrestling match of our will versus God's will. As a book that I love says, we believe we can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if we only manage well. Well, we're lying to ourselves because our satisfaction and therefore the truth can only be found in God. How often have we found ourselves on the sandbar of our lives as our fears advance toward us like Esau and his army? Have the lies that you've been telling yourself about your own strength and power and ability to know what's going on failed to keep you satisfied and safe? Has your armor-plated self-sufficiency kept you wrestling with God for control of your life? What has your will gotten you thus far? Where had the lies that masqueraded as strength gotten Jacob? On a sandbar, in a wadi facing his very angry brother who brought an army to their reunion. But his identity as a liar was changed that night by wrestling with God. And sometimes we think of grace as effortless and painless, but this story shows us that grace leaves its mark. We don't give in easily, and God doesn't give up easily. That is what a real relationship is like. We are invited to lie less and wrestle more. Catherine Schifferdecker reminds us that we are the spiritual descendants of Jacob. We are the people who wrestle with God. It's not presumptuous of us to make this claim. God was the one who gave that name to God's people. That's who God wants us to be. So Jacob went to sleep afraid to face his lies and the life that he had made and arose the next morning with a limp and a new name. 
He looked up and saw his brother, and he went out to meet him, bowing to the ground seven times. Esau then ran to him, hugged and kissed him, and they both wept. From Jacob came the 12 tribes of Israel. God's will, not his, was done. It was far better than anything that either brother could have imagined. And it took a little wrestling. May you wrestle with God today. May you know his grace. Amen.